Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. I'm your host, Lindsay. speaking to you after what might just be one of the great nights here at Scotiabank Arena this season. I know, I know there's been some frustrating losses. Trust me. All right, we can go back to that game against Indiana, but this game was excellent. The Raptors smacking the heat 106 to 92 in one of those old fashioned you know, slug it out, forget the three-point line, forget the cheap calls for the free throws. Both teams playing very physical. Scott Foster stepping up to the plate saying, you know what? You guys play. You guys play and decide the result. And the result was a well-played game by the Raptors. Defensively, I I just can't say enough. I, I thought that they really competed, really scrapped, aside from Tyler Hero and a couple of Bam Adebayo rolls to the basket. That's all Miami had. I mean, to be fair, they didn't have Jimmy Butler, the best player. That's going to be a huge impact in the game. So, of course, the Raptors dodged a bullet. But we've seen the Raptors, especially in these opportunities where it's a chance for a letdown game, we've seen them lose their focus at times. We've seen them not deliver. And and to be honest, if the Raptors actually had taken care of business, we wouldn't have to be playing in the play-in tournament. The Raptors should be in the mix to be in the top six just like they were last year. But we know how that story goes. But the Raptors are where they are right now. But tonight, they showed their quality. Tonight was one of those affirming games that really shows you that the Raptors have this quality in them. And I thought they played phenomenal for 40 minutes of the game. To be honest, the only bad stretch was the Raptors starting the game out down 14-4. to And it was like, okay, so Miami's getting a couple of threes, and the Raptors weren't really rotating well, and, you know... um, Yak missed a pair of uh, layups at the basket and, you know, Bam Adebayo started rolling past Yak for a couple of layups. And I was like, okay, the Raptors got to solve the matchups here, right? Seems like Yak is a bad matchup for Bam, right? Um, It seems like, obviously, they got to get out to Tyler Hero. He's aggressive from the three. Um, But what can we do to sort of, like, you know, lock in on defense? Because if the Heat are not that good on offense, even with Jimmy Butler in the group. And especially with him out of there, you could definitely see the struggle that they had tonight. I mean, they shot, what, 40% from the field, uh, shot 10 of 33 from three, including one possession that was downright Raptors-esque, where they had four, they had three offensive rebounds and they had four open threes and they missed all of those on the same play in the fourth quarter when they really needed a bucket to maintain the comeback. If that sounds familiar, you've probably seen a lot of Raptors basketball. Uh, but the Raptors defensively, though, from that point onward, and, and Nick took an early timeout, and, and I thought Nick did a great job of calling timeouts today, even late in the game when the Raptors had comfortably led and pushed the lead up to a, as much as, I think, 119 I saw. Um, you know, you, you saw, or sorry, not 119, uh, uh, 19 points. 119 would, would be kind of outrageous, wouldn't it be? Uh, the Raptors pushed the lead to 19, and Miami was able to whittle away, whittle away, whittle away, and, and they got back-to-back rolls to the basket, uh, where they cleared out one side of the floor. They had Tyler Hero coming up for a dribble handoff with Bam Adebayo, and then both Raptors jumping out of Tyler Hero, who at that point was definitely the hot hand, and Hero making the little bounce pass to Bam, who would slip to the basket free for dunks. So they had that two possessions in a row to make it, I think, 10 points. Um, and Nick took the timeout, and the Raptors cleared it up. But I, I just thought throughout the game they played great. And I thought the third quarter in particular was that separating stretch. That was when the starters and then the bench unit came in, and there was just a full 12 minutes of intensity in that stretch. And, um, you know, I, I think today it, it really is about the trio. It, it's about Pascal Siakam, OG, and Obi, Scotty Barnes. Like, I, you know, there's been so much discussion around Vision 6-9, and obviously we've seen some of the down um, 
you know, the, the downfalls of it this year. We've seen certain games where that strategy doesn't work. We've seen what effect Jakob Protokon have. We've seen how that's reinvigorated Fred in many ways. But this game was not about Yak and Fred. To be honest, those two guys were kind of afterthoughts in the starting group. You know, I thought Yak came in for a couple of big rebounds, and Fred definitely hit a big three at the end there to put the Raptors up, I think, 13, and that was kind of the kill shot with, like, maybe two minutes left. Um, but the whole game was run by Pascal, OG, and Scotty. The Raptors had the three best players on the floor tonight, I thought. And, and that's including 33 from Hero, who, yeah, I mean, like, there is obviously an, an offensive talent there, and he has great touch, and he has great shooting ability, and he's very aggressive. You can play on and off the ball, right? But... I don't know. I thought Pascal, OG, and Scotty all play better than him when you factor both ends of the floor. And, man, and those three guys in particular carry the way for the Raptors. And there's been so much discussion of can Pascal and OG and Scotty, can they all coexist? Are they not all power forwards? And, sure, we can have that discussion sometimes. And, sure, we can be down on it sometimes. But we also have to acknowledge when it looks good, man, this is, this is what Vision 6 is about. 26 points for Pascal Siakam, 9 rebounds, 5 assists. 22 points for OG and OB. Three rebounds, five assists. Five assists for OG, by the way, is, is quite a few. Um, 22 points for Scotty, seven rebounds, 12 assists, a career high, three steals as well. All three of those guys shooting 50% or better. And it wasn't even because of the three-point line. The Raptors tonight, at one point in the third quarter, the Raptors had a six-point lead, and they had consistently held a, a, a lead while having only made one three. The Raptors were up at halftime. By six points, having made one three. They were one of 16. Maybe through the third quarter, they pushed that lead up. They still only had one three. OJ Anobi, who, who felt like he had all of the Raptors threes, and it, it wasn't the case. I mean, the Raptors did get uh, eight threes overall for, you know, uh, on 36 attempts for only 22%. The Raptors actually took really good threes, open threes. Guys just weren't knocking those down. Um, but it felt like OG could was the only guy who was the threat to shoot. But... It didn't even matter. The Raptors had one made three, and they were up six at halftime. That's how well they were playing the other facets of the game. I thought the rotations were just awesome throughout. Um, the Raptors had a very good strategy against Bam Adebayo. It felt like they would let Bam go one-on-one um, and think he's going one-on-one, and then late, a, a second defender will rotate over, force him to pick up the dribble, make him look for the pass in a crowd. I don't think he's nearly as good at that. He definitely gets his assists up there, but a lot of those are dribble handouts at the top of the floor with Miami's uh, movement shooters. Those are other plays that you can get. But I thought the Raptors did a great job of converging on Bam. And that's when you have discussions of like, okay, who's better, Bam or Pascal? First off, that's a strange conversation. But maybe this conversation you have for All-NBA, for example. You watch this game, you could definitely tell the difference between the two types of players. Of course, Bam is more advanced defensively, holds it down more, right? Has more physicality aspect to his game. But the finesse aspect, the play, in terms of running an offense, in terms of getting your own shot, in terms of getting to the foul line, you know, in terms of setting up others, you could clearly tell Pascal's a level above what Bam did. Right? And it's a very clear difference. And you saw today when, when Bam saw the double teams. And by the way, I thought tonight, Scotty and OG coming over with the help. They were awesome. This is one of those games you can't look at the box score and say OG only had one steal and zero blocks. OG had at least four or five beautifully timed rotations to come over either as the second man in the play or the third man in the play and just break it up. And that did such a good job of disrupting Miami's offense. You know, you know Miami's offense is not... Um, is not excellent in terms of like the results because they lack shooting. Um, and to be honest, they lack a little bit of rim pressure based on what I saw tonight here too. But Miami moves the ball well. They screen well. They have this whole system and they're you know they, they they're unselfish and they, they play fast and they have multiple ball handlers. 
it's not it's not that easy to disrupt the rhythm of their offense. Maybe their end product isn't good, but the rhythm is usually good. The Raptors completely broke that rhythm tonight, and a lot of that is the switchability from OG, the 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 the, the you know rotations from OG, same from Scotty, same from Pascal. These guys all did a great job defensively. In fact, I th- I thought you know where Miami was able to get advantages. Okay, so Fred. Attacking Fred in the pick and roll, right, uh, with Hero being aggressive. Obviously, you know, being a taller player, being able to shoot over the top, being very aggressive, there's advantages there. And the Raptors obviously don't want to switch Fred too much onto, you know, Bam, for example. Or, you know, I thought Bam got probably, like, I would say Bam got 80% of his points just on the pick and roll, you know, attacking Yak. And I thought Yak today couldn't really find his position well, right? And so, you know, there was that aspect. Although Yak did have his first basket of the game late off a nice pass from OG, um, and he was able to finish it, and that was one of the bigger plays down the stretch, too, to just sort of shut the door on Miami, because the Raptors are never going to finish so strong offensively that they kind of just blow you out the water. We know that that's not what they are as a team, but we do know that defensively they're able to really hit another gear, and we do know that when they share the ball, especially when you have these players who can really pass it, and especially when they have that aptitude for passing, it looks really good. And I have to say, like, you know, Scotty, I thought, was the first guy that really, really got it going. I mean... At first, when the Raptors were down 14-4, I didn't understand the shot selection. And it, it was like Scotty would get in the post against Tyler Hero, and then he would spin for a fadeaway jumper, right, without necessarily trying to make his way into the paint first, even though there's a mismatch there. Or the Raptors ran a fast break. Um, you know, the Raptors were able to create a steal. They, they push it on the break, and, um, you know, it, it, was, it was Kevin Love posting up against Fred, which should be a mismatch. But the Raptors actually don't send help. They let Fred do it. Fred pulls a Kyle Lowry move and, and strips Kevin Love, a much bigger player in the post. Kyle obviously used to do that all the time. And then the Raptors get on the fast break. And the pass came a little bit late. But honestly, Scotty pulling up for three with a foot on the line in transition, and it came nowhere close to making it. I thought that was bad shot selection. Or Chris Boucher checking into the game. And literally within five seconds, had already you know launched the three. And when you think about it, it's like, okay, well, maybe the look wasn't so bad. But it's like, if you come in the game for five seconds and you're already shooting, like, I expect you to be Kyle Korver or Ray Allen. You know what I mean? Like, can we at least swing the ball, get a sense of the field? I'm not saying you don't take a shot in the first possession, but within the first five seconds, the first time the ball touches your hand, you're getting the shot up there. That's strange, right? Once the Raptors got past that sort of layer of, like, bad shot selection and they really locked in, the play was great. And I thought, you know, uh, Scotty was a big part of that. To be honest, I thought the Raptors did a great job, speaking to Nick Nurse, of preparing his team to play against the zone, right? Miami plays a ton of zone. Anybody in the league could tell you that. You don't even have to be a scout. Anybody with eyes can tell you Miami plays a ton of zone. Some of that is because they, they're smaller as a group, right? Even when you look at their starting group tonight, they had Kevin Love in there, who's, you know, not very fleet of foot defensively at all. Plus, he's older. Gabe Vincent, Tyler Hero, Victor Oladipo, that's a very small three. Right. And they weren't bringing a lot of size off the bench either. So, you know, the Raptors could expect a lot of zone from Miami. Plus, like, look, listen, we've all seen Raptors heat games. We know what that looks like. Right. And the Raptors did a great job of unlocking that zone. And they kept feeding Scotty in the middle of that zone. Scotty made the right pass. You know, for example, early on, I was feeding Chris Boucher, you know, with a high low and then Boucher hitting a couple of uh, jumpers on, on the baseline. You know, then it was Scotty picking out the passes, OG in the corners. Um, shooting from three or OG cutting to the basket, Scotty feeding him. Same thing when you got Pascal in that group as well, because obviously you can't play these guys the whole game, right? So you got Pascal taking a turn, being the primary, then Scotty taking a turn, being the primary, OG taking a turn, being the primary. And as the game went on, Miami obviously shifted their defenses, you know, uh, sent more attention towards guys. And, you know, that's, that's how you expect it, right? Spolstra is one of the best coaches in the league for a reason. Uh, but 
they kept rolling with the punches and they kept making their next plays. Like I thought one of the plays in the night, it came at the very end, was Pascal drawing the double team to him, inviting the pressure, like bringing the two defenders, stringing them along and, and holding out and holding the ball an extra beat just to make sure that the two defenders committed to him. Then he, then he swung it and he kicked it to uh, Scotty in the middle of the floor. And then Scotty with an instantaneous read to OG, who had also made a really timely play to cut out of the corner for a dunk because of that double team originally. There was a mismatch elsewhere, that dunk at the rim. And, you know, that's kind of how it went. Like, the Raptors just kept moving the ball. Or even the play before that, you know, the Raptors, um, you know, draw a double team at the top. They swing it to OG in the corner. Yak, you know, ducks in at the basket, seals a smaller defender against them. OG feeds him in the post, and Yak goes in for a layup. It's a simple play. And why would I highlight a simple play? Except for the fact that the Raptors so many times this season have not made that simple play, have not made the extra play for each other. And tonight I thought the ball movement was beautiful. I mean, again, the, your, your three forwards had 5-5 five, five, and 12 assists. That, and that's on top of the six that you get from Fred, which is pretty standard. Like, that's the way you want to play. Or even, again, in the fourth quarter, again, this is like part of it was Miami was double-teaming aggressively. They're trying to cause turnovers. They're trying to find a way back into the game because they're down so much. they got to create extra possessions. So they're gambling a little bit more. They're doubling a little bit more. But again, beautiful offense where the Raptors had the ball on one side of the floor, drew the double team, kicked it out, swing, swing, three, three swing passes until the ball got into the corner for a three. And, and, and that's, that's the kind of play that they'll make. Or Fred getting a wide open corner three. Like that kind of stuff is, is just, it's beautiful to watch. And it shows you the potential of this team. Like they don't necessarily need to hit the three that much. Right. Uh, and tonight they didn't do it at all. They, they shot 22%, but they made the open ones where they really counted it. And of course they also pummeled the, the heat at the rim. And it was just beautiful to see Pascal going one-on-one against Bam. You know, I, I think that, you know, there was no fear there. Bam is a very credible defensive player, and that's his, you know, that's his hallmark, right? Obviously, he's the guy who's going to help anchor the Heat's defense, right? And him and Jimmy are the two guys on Miami that you fear defensively. Pascal went at Bam and scored on him a few times, you know, and, and drew the foul on him a couple of times. And I thought, you know, he didn't really have any hesitation at attacking him. The only thing with Pascal is he couldn't really get the open threes to drop. But again, he, his game doesn't rely on that. He can be very effective without that going in. OG Anobi has been very, very good at picking his spots, uh, you know, whenever he can. And again, I thought defensively, the one steal is the most deceptive part about his game. I thought he did such a great job of sort of helping over and disrupting plays and cutting the, the heat off and having to force him to reset. You know, he did a great job. And then, yeah, Scotty running the show. I thought the first half, Scotty had the best half that I've seen from him all season, right? And, and Scotty's had like some really high ups this year, right? Um, but at halftime, he had 18 points already. Uh, and yeah, I mean, he finishes with 12 assists, ran the show beautifully. Again, like so much of it was him solving the zone, but also him running the fast break, him collecting steals and stuff. Like there was a play in the fourth quarter and, and there was a chance there where maybe Miami, if they were going to get back into the game, it'd be the fourth quarter, right? It's Kyle Lowry plus bench against the Raptors. We've seen Kyle Lowry plus bench for the Raptors so many times, Right. And the Raptors were up 17. You know, obviously, they, they, they'd rested some of their guys. And so who were they trusting to start the fourth quarter? It was Jeff Down. It was Chris Boucher. It was Pascal. It was uh, Scotty. It was uh, Precious. And it was OG, right? And, and of, of all the groups, you might worry about that one because you have your three bench guys in at once. But just like in the first half where that bench group was able to maintain momentum, you know, hold even in their minutes, if not actually stretch the lead a little bit, it was the same kind of deals here, right? In the fourth quarter, the Raptors were able to hold on. 
right? And, um, you know, for example, the Raptors missed a shot. Kyle Lowry's pushing the break in transition. Scotty picks him um, off the pass when Kyle tried to feed it back into the the middle. And then he drove down, pushed the break. Precious was the trailer, stopped at the three-point line. Scotty found him for three. And by the way, Precious tonight, again, speaking of Division 6-9, Precious looked awesome tonight. This is one of his best games of the season, if not just the best game that he's played since that demotion, since the fact that, you know, Jakob has come in, taken the starting spot. Precious is now back with the second group. He struggled there. He got he struggled to the point where Nick benched him, DMP for a couple of games, then coming off the bench and play only playing garbage time, you know, not necessarily showing too much enthusiasm or being too happy about it. How do you respond? Well, tonight against my against Miami, a team that gave up on Precious, uh, obviously in the Kyle Lowry trade, which, by the way, today, I'm sure you can ask any Heat fan. They tell they'd rather take Precious over Kyle no matter how much Precious is struggling. Precious tonight shows you what he's about. He gave you great plays on both ends of the floor. I thought his defense was great. Obviously, look, it's a matchup that he should win. It's against Cody Zeller, right? Like, the, the Miami Heat are shopping for players from Zellers. And, and, and so Precious had a chance there to really play well. But we've seen him in advantageous scenarios, and he hasn't necessarily taken advantage. Tonight was awesome. Focus on the rebounding, the hustle on the glass. You know, he made the extra pass. There was even one play where Precious was feeling himself. He was coming down the floor, and he had Tyler Hero picking him up. And I was thinking, oh, my God. For sure, he's going to force a shot here, try to drive to the bully his way to the basket, especially against a former teammate in Hero. And he's like, no. He pulled up in transition, um, waited for his teammates, and reset the play. And again, I'm, why am I talking about something so basic if, not, if it's not something that I've seen missing from the team? He made the right play, made the right reads, was sensible about it. And yeah, he had a great game. 12 points, 9 rebounds, had some great dunks as well. Um, the threes were dropping. The confidence was there. He took the right shots that were available to him. There's nothing you can really complain about at all with Precious's performance. You know, and I thought that even Jeff, Jeff comes in and just it just quietly saw it in 13 minutes, right? No, he didn't knock down the two open threes he had. And obviously, that's, a, that's the part where if he can knock that down, that's the quickest path for him to get even more minutes because of the fact that you just need somebody to actually, you know, catch and shoot from three, especially with the second group when, when your forwards are at the ones handling the ball most of the time. But, you know, he, he got uh, a block uh, on Tyler Hero. He might be the one of the only Raptors who actually got a credible stop on Hero or Hero tried to drive baseline for a fadeaway and, and Jeff Doughton stuck with him the whole way and stuffed him at the top. How often do you see mid-range jumpers block like that from pretty good offensive players like Tyler Hero, right? So Jeff Doughton did that. Right, got a steal as well. And, and I just think that everybody who came in gave a good effort. E- even Yak, who I thought struggled in the pick and roll with Bam. Um, and I thought Nick was smart to limit those minutes tonight, limit the, uh, the matchup with Yak and Bam. Um, you know, even he came in. And, and look, how bad can a Yak Portal performance be ultimately? He's always going to do the right thing. He's always going to rebound. And he's always going to give his effort on defense. So even him, you know, he was able to sort of steady out in this game. So... It's just one of those performances that I'm just very, very thrilled to see. And the only thing I'm not happy about tonight is the fact that Cleveland wasn't able to take care of Atlanta. Um, Atlanta is able to beat uh, Cleveland by two, 120 to 118. So unfortunately, the Raptors are not able to jump past Atlanta. Um, they remain tied in the standings, both at 38 and 38. Uh, and obviously Atlanta holding that, that darn tiebreaker. But yeah, uh, from the Raptors end, they just took care of business. And I thought Nick coached a great game against a really great coach. I thought Pascal played outplayed their best player, which is what you would love to see from him. You've seen Scotty take a step tonight and, and really run the show, on, and, and not just at the top of the floor, but in the zone as well. 
thought OG played his role beautifully against, continues to be super efficient. And again, for a while, like OG was the only guy who could hit threes for the Raptors. And the Raptors were able to find him for threes. You know, nine three-point attempts is a, a very comfortable number for me in regards to OG Anobi. I'd love to see him take nine a game, if not 10. He's good enough as a three-point shooter. Obviously, I'm not expecting many pull-up threes, but the way the Raptors put pressure, the way Pascal and Scotty, when they play aggressive like this, when they have Jakob Perto now to also run even more pressure at the rim, you know, those kickouts will be there. OG's going to be open in the corners. He's, he's open on the wings. He's even been really good on wing threes this season, or of late, really. Um, find him. And you know what? Give OG more opportunities where he can have the ball with the chance to make a decision. Not to break down the whole defense. Not to, like, take it so strong and, and, and try to muscle his way to the basket to the point where he gets fouled, which happens, or not fouled, blocked, which happens quite a few times. But give him that chance to make some decisions. And I thought tonight he made some really good passes as well. Uh, and just, I'm just thrilled. And again, like that's, that's been the whole conversation, right? Like, can these three guys play together? Can Pascal and Scotty coexist? Can, you know, I guess OG, there's no question if he can coexist with other guys, considering he's got that classic three and D skill set that is just malleable with everybody and valuable with everybody. But like, you know, these guys showed it tonight. Like, this is the game that we should come back to and point to. And um, yeah, I, I'm just, you know, it, it feels not like a relief to see the Raptors play up to what their potential is. And again, Miami is not even like that much better of a team. I mean, first off, the Raptors are only two games behind them in the standings. Second of all, like Miami's, when you look at their point differential, the Raptors actually have a better point differential by two full points on the season, which really does add up when you when you talk about the fact that they've already played 76 games, right? <laughs> if, you, if, you, if you have a two-point differential, in terms of like you actually, the Raptors actually outscore their opponents per game, and the Heat actually lose on balance. Um, you know, obviously that suggests that you know the Raptors should be better than the record. The Miami should be slightly worse. Of course, that's not how it goes. And we talked about it, how Miami's crunch time execution is usually very good. Tonight, there's no crunch time because the Raptors were able to just blow them out, especially with that strong third quarter. But um, yeah, like I just, uh, you know, the, the the Raptors were just able to finally play up to their potential and, and take care of business against Miami. And this kind this kind of game does give you confidence of like, okay, you go on the road. Philly's gonna be very tough to to play against. Obviously, we know what Philly's about, right? But if you take this type of effort, you take this kind of intensity. And by the way, tonight the referees weren't calling anything. Scott Foster came back, the national TV game, and I thought he called a great game. Let the two teams play. Did anybody complain about fouls? The only guy I saw complain about fouls tonight was Jakob Pertle who rarely ever complains about fouls, but he really did get hacked on a play going to the basket where the ball was just called out of bounds on Yak. I mean, he lost the ball out of, uh, because he got smacked on the hand. But regardless, if Jakob Pearl's the only guy complaining, if, if Scotty's not complaining, if Pascal's not complaining, if Fred's not complaining, OG's not complaining, you've really done something. Nick wasn't in his ear either, didn't even use his challenge. There was a dubious play where Spam tried to use the spin move on Pascal. Pascal thought was in position, contested him well. They gave him the bailout call. I thought Nick was for sure going to challenge. He would have been well within his rights. He had the timeouts. He had uh, the challenge still in his pocket. But in a 12-point game, he decided not to. Guess what? Referees actually like it if you let one go as well once in a while too. So that's a nice little bit of reciprocity that, you know, you know, you rarely see in that position. But there was no issues with the officiating. However, there was going to be lots of contact. And the Raptors just played through it. It was beautiful to see. Guys taking it in with force. You know, Raptors playing like the bigger team, which they are. But the most forceful team as well. Guys going strong to the basket. Scotty with the putback dunk with four guys under the rim. Crashes in as the fifth guy. Dunks over everybody. You know, OG always taking it strong in the basket. You know, Pascal taking it through contact as well. These guys all just, they did their thing. And um, 
yeah, I think the only question is, you know, why don't why don't they do this more often? But uh, it is a nice, nice, nice feeling to, to to sit with this one. And you know, listen, it's always nice to spoil Kyle Lowry's homecoming. You know, and I I feel bad because Kyle's in a bad spot, and I know that Heat fans are definitely hating on Kyle every single day. You could tell, right? Um, to be honest, I don't. I think the person that they should be hating on is is the front office. You've decided to give the max contract to a point guard who was 35 when you signed him, uh, coming off his best years. If you watch the Tampa season closer, there were signs of slippage even then, right? But okay, fine. You still buying him? That's okay. And I'm very happy for Kyle that he got paid. But what were you expecting, right? Kyle is going to come in, organize your offense, play a lot of minutes, be tough, and, you know, do sneaky Kyle stuff, like jump up, grab a guy's arm, jump through like he did to Precious at the end of the third quarter, or like take a charge, which he tried to do here a couple of times, didn't really work out, you know, like that and set the tempo for you, make the extra pass. But he's not going to come in and score like that. You didn't sign Dame Lillard. I mean, like that's not the type of players that, uh, you know, that, that you des- decided to have. So what is all this animosity towards Kyle um, for, for not delivering, quote-unquote, on what you expect of him? Yeah, of course, he's going to be the downside of his career. You sign him at 35, right? So regardless, like, um, he, you know, it, it's always fun to see Kyle in the building. Coming off the bench, it was interesting because I was walking up to the tunnel probably like five, six minutes before tip-off. And I, we, we walked past, and I saw Kyle getting a lifted like five minutes before the game. Now, of course, he wasn't starting, so he wasn't like going to be late to the game or anything. Come, obviously, he's coming off the bench, but that was interesting. You, you rarely see that approach. Players obviously sometimes will lift before the game or they'll lift after the game. That's part of the regular routine. But that close to tip-off, uh, that's, a, that's a new one. I've seen guys on bikes and stuff like that. That's mostly just to keep yourself warm. Like, lifting like i'm talking about like actually doing weights and stuff like that like two minutes before the game five minutes before the game that's a new one but kyle coming in obviously gets a nice ovation from the raptors um obviously everyone's here to see him everyone's here to see his warm-ups he's obviously dapping up everybody you know not just players but arena staffers he's obviously a guy like that who you know obviously we don't need to say what kyle Lowry means in toronto but in the game itself Man, I have to, I hate to say this, but it definitely I can also see the where the frustrations come from. Like the Heat didn't lose this game because of Kyle, but I don't think he brought the type of contribution that we have become accustomed to in Toronto, right? And that's not me kicking a guy while he's down. I love Kyle. He's my favorite Raptor of all time. He's a lot of people's favorite Raptors of all time. I saw so I saw more sevens in the building than I saw for any number of the Raptors. More more sevens than fours. More sevens than twenty threes. More sevens than forty threes. More sevens than 15s, you know, more sevens than twos, you know what I mean? Like threes, like it was like a sea of seven today, but he just was not it. And, and yeah, the scoring element was not there. Obviously the Raptors did a great job guarding him. Um, But even when he got open for three, I mean, there was one play I thought he was for sure going to hit fourth quarter. The Miami had made a couple, one or two baskets eaten into the lead. And here comes Kyler off a stop, gets the rebound, brings it up. And you just know against a backpelling defender, Oh, he's going to pull up for three. How many times have we seen Kyle Lowry pull up for three, you know, in transition with his defender backpedaling? It's one of his signature go-to shots. And he shot it, and it had no chance of going in. Like, it looks so off. And I was like, wow, that clearly is, you know, that's just sad to see, really. But obviously, we know Kyle gave us his best years, and he's always going to be beloved here no matter what. If anything, him struggling in Miami is going to make him even more loved here, especially considering the fact that the Raptors obviously play these heated matchups against Miami and uh, – yeah, obviously, I wish him all the best, man. He's, he's, you know, he's, again, he's the growth. Like, he's really the growth. But uh, tonight, you know, 
He might, he might, he might get the third star. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, speaking of those stars, so your three stars from tonight's performance. Um, man, hard to pick. Okay, Scotty Barnes is for sure your first star. 22 points, seven rebounds, 12 assists, three steals. I love the way he played. You know what's not on the box score here? In addition to the fact that he had 22, 7, 12, and 3 on 10 of 16 shooting overall, by the way, including 10 of 13 from 2. Um, you know what you don't see on this box score? Scotty Barnes eating two moving screens from Miami. Both times he was put on the floor. Both times it was obviously a lot of physicality involved. I mean, it's, it's a moving screen, right? It's, it's, it's a hard hit most of the time. But there you go. Those, those are two of Miami's 15 turnovers. That's not on the box score anywhere. You have to see it to see it. But, like, man, Scotty played a, played a great game, really broke Miami's core defensive principle of sort of using that zone against the Raptors. And uh, he just – he was awesome. I can't say enough about it. The energy was, was through the roof. You know, he was uh, – he made an assortment of shots, scored in a variety of ways. Um, yeah, excellent. And, and, and again, I, I love the energy on defense as well. Um, your second star from tonight's performance, I'm going to give that to – Pascal, uh, 26 points, nine rebounds, five assists. I just think that, like, yeah, I mean, again, this is it comes down to that crunch time where it's like, okay, people decide on awards, right? And people are going to think, like, well, maybe I can put Bam as a forward, even though Bam is nowhere close to being a forward, especially this season. He's clearly exclusively playing at center. But people are going to be like, well, I like Bam. I'm going to put him at, you know, forward. I'm going to put him at forward and try to sneak in some all-NBA votes. But look at the matchup tonight. It's very, very clearly Pascal outplayed Bam. And that's not to say Bam is some sort of all-NBA standard. He's not. But ultimately, I thought Pascal just played really well, went at Bam, who's not an easy opponent to go up against, but scored over him, beat him with the spin move, beat him with the mid-range jumper, beat him with the footwork, drew some fouls. I thought he, he made the right passes as well, didn't force his shot, nine rebounds, five assists, got to the rim. Even the shots that he missed around the hoop, I really liked. Uh, again, another game where Pascal took it strong, too, 10 of 15 on, on twos. Yes, everyone shot badly on threes, unless your name was OG Ananobi, but... You know, yeah, Pascal did great. And then your third star is going to be OG. Uh, 22 points, three rebounds, five assists, a steal. Again, I just thought that a a lot of what he did on defense is, again, not captured in the box score. But his rotations were beautiful. Um, You know, uh, and yeah, I mean, even late in the game when the Raptors needed to get stops, you know who they switched on to? Tyler Hero? OG Anobi. They just had him put out the fire. And I mean, not a lot of guys score on OG, so... 9 of 14 shooting as well, 4 of 9 from 3. Uh, it was an excellent game, but honestly, I want to give a shout-out to Precious as well. I thought he really, really had, you know, Precious is a wild card, right? Right now, you can't really say what definitively coming into a game what Precious is going to do or if he's going to play well in that role, but he did well tonight, and, uh, yeah, it's got to feel extra sweet doing that against your former team. Uh, your, Gerald Henderson, uh, your Gerald Henderson Award winner, I mean... It, it, it's it's got to be Tyler Hero, right? 33 points. I mean, obviously, he's capable of doing that. He's a scorer. Especially with Jimmy out, he's going to have to score even more. But part of the reason I'm giving it to him is just there's nobody else to pick. Who do you pick? Kevin Love, 1 of 5 for 3 points. Gabe Vincent, 2 points on 1 of 5 shooting. Victor Oladipo, 7 points on 2 of 7 shooting. Duncan Robinson, right? I thought this guy was done. It's 4 points on 1 of 4 shooting. Cody Martin, or Caleb Martin, the Caleb Martin of his era, seven points on three of eight shooting in 30 minutes. Cody Zeller, six points on two of three shooting. Kyle Lowry, one of six for six points. Struess, who Herbie, I, I, I didn't think anyone would, would, would gas up Max Struess, but he hit the Struess. Uh, uh, he literally, yeah, anyway. But uh, yeah, Struess had three points on one of three shooting in 27 minutes. Like, that is a dominant defensive performance. That he had two guys 
score in double digits. And nobody else, aside from those two guys, scored more than seven points. So great job by the Raptors overall. But, yeah, I'll give it to Tyler. But, yeah, phenomenal performance. Hopefully the Raptors can maintain this momentum. Um, you're still in for, uh, obviously, a, a, an important fight here. You're, you're definitely still trying to scrap and get your way up to, you know, eight first, uh, foremost, right? They, Atlanta keeps sort of hanging in there, you know, but if the Raptors make a push, they can hopefully overtake Atlanta. Who knows? Maybe even sevens available just based on sort of how they play. I mean, they just played the seven opponent in Miami, right? Um, and obviously, they didn't have Jimmy, which is a huge, huge factor. I can't say that enough. But, you know, um, yeah, if they play like this, they can beat a lot of teams. And I thought the Raptors played awesome tonight. So thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, please continue to rate, review, subscribe to The Raptors Show, wherever you f- listen to podcasts. And, uh, yeah, tune in tomorrow for a very excited episode. I can already anticipate that just based on tonight's performance. So uh, stay tuned. Stay tuned.